it's kind of funny that I have students at all, given the way that things were before for me. Probably I would have thought I would be the last person that would should be mentoring medical students. <laughs> like, the, like, I don't know how many medical students want to hear from the disgruntled guy who used to be sleeping in the back of the classroom. Hi, my name is Jason Joe, a medical student from the University of Toronto. And I'm Dr. David Chu, a family doctor in Toronto, Ontario. And you're listening to What's Up Docs, a podcast where we share stories about our lives in medicine. Welcome aboard. So Dr. Sue, the other day I was reading in a Forbes article that all the keys to your successes lay in the past experiences of others. And it kind of got me reflecting on teachers, students, and mentors. So, I mean, one thing that comes to mind when we talk about mentors is there's real mentorship and then there's this whole medical school world mentorship where they tell you, you got to find people who will help you write a reference letter, who will help your resume look better when you apply to residency. So do you feel that pressure or that there's these two things going on at the same time? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I found that a lot of like preceptors and mentors in medical school are like quite busy. And usually because you're right, you want to like find someone who's kind of established in their field and so they have a lot of things going on, right? Whether it's like patient load, family, like research, and they have to like mentor other medical students. It's really hard to get any FaceTime with people. So even if you try to find someone, sometimes you, you see them once, like a couple months, um, and it's hard to build that longitudinal relationship. Right. Overall, you've been happy with finding mentors in medicine so far like you're two years into medical school it's been an okay experience overall i i would say so i think in the beginning i was kind of frustrated just because like i felt that all other people had like all these cool mentors and they were like getting all these like sage life advice and i was discounting the fact that i had a lot of mentors in vancouver that it's harder to maintain those relationships and when you're in a new city you can't just expect a mentor right away so what kind of sage life advice did other people get from their mentors? I'm kind of curious now. Um, I think a lot about it is about like residency, about how to think about your career. I would say it's nothing that you wouldn't have thought about before. Right. But the very fact that someone affirms like what you're thinking or that someone who's gone through a lot. Look, I, I think at the at the end of it, it was... When you're at the bottom of the totem pole sometimes, like medical school, um, even though you kind of have a good idea of what you have to do, like people aren't, you're, you aren't able to focus and you don't really know. Like if there's 10 things where you think are important in 10 years time, three might've actually been important and the other seven might've been fluff. And right. to have someone who's in a, in a higher position, who's gone through more of life and to like give you that mental focus um, so you can structure your life around it. It just feels directional. Did you ever have that experience where you felt that the school or people around you were looking for mentors, but they it, there, there was something disingenuine about it, that it was just like something to fill the resume or something to, like a way to get in? Like, I want to go into general surgery, so I better find the most high-profile general surgeon I know, and he can become my mentor so I can get in. Like, did you ever have that feeling? I definitely feel that people do gravitate towards names sometimes. And we have a lot of different kinds of interest groups. And we have, even even now, I think at the university, there's a lot of mentorship programs that have popped up. 
um, recently. And I think from hearing from my friends, they they do really well. But mm-hmm. it seems like mentorship is a huge buzzword. And um, people are all like kind of scrambling to kind of get a mentor. And I do find so much value in mentors. It just felt like you're missing out, right? When everyone's like, oh, like I found a mentor in this or I found a mentor in that. And you're like, well, hey, I was just like at home doing nothing, <laughs> <laughs> which is like totally my own fault. Uh, sometimes you just can't help but feel like, well, like someone else got it better or something. But one of the things I find is that when we're in medical training, most of the people that you will, that you're going to meet are people who are in academic medicine, right? People who are in the university or attached mm-hmm. to university. In general, that's a pretty homogenous group. Mm-hmm. And if, you're in, if your own interests are kind of off the beaten path, then it becomes much more difficult for you to find a mentor. Like it's hard for you to meet people who are, aren't on the beaten path because they're not in the school. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing that was conveyed to me when I was a student. And that was actually what one of my mentors told me is that don't, like there are actually cool people doing really interesting things in their life in medicine. You just don't meet them as a student. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think about that a lot too. Because when I think of my, my future career, I'm thinking about whether I can do things part-time and spend that time traveling like we talked about um, and not and just do something different and having the flexibility to do it. And I'm just thinking, well, if I want to only work part-time and I want to have a practice where I'm in X country. Yeah, you're then, probably not going to be mentoring medical students at that point. Yeah, or you know, the mentor that I'm looking for might be in that X country now, and then that's why I didn't identify them, right? Right. right. And so just to have patience, I think um, talking to different people, understanding like their life, and even in academic medicine, while it is homogenous, everyone has a different life story, and they all know someone different. And so just from keeping an open mind, hopefully I can find my own way. Mm-hmm. Well said. You're in a great position now with your own clinic. It seems like you're loving the work that you do. But from talking to you, you didn't always think that you were going to be a family doctor. Right. Along the way, did you find people that that guided you to your current role today? Well, the one person that sticks out to me is my main mentor in medical school, who's Dr. Jackie Duffin. She was a history of medicine professor and hematologist at Queen's University. She's pretty well known in her field. I think she was on TV Ontario, like their best teachers in Ontario mm. television show. Like there was a competition for this. So her, so one of her lectures got played on, on TV. Um, but I'm not really sure why I ended up becoming really good friends with her. I think it's just by luck. Mm-hmm. I actually had I actually did a history degree when I was in undergrad. And when I was a first year med student, she was on sabbatical. And in first year, the history of medicine professor does a series of lectures. Since she was on sabbatical, she didn't even do those lectures that year. Mm-hmm. When she came back in second year, there were a few more lectures. And I thought, you know what? I have a history degree. She sounds like she might be mm-hmm. interesting to meet. I didn't really know her story. And then I just started dropping in and chatting with her about medicine. And at that point, I wasn't, I wasn't really sure what I was doing in medical school. I wasn't really sure where this was going. And she just said, stick with it. It'll get better. Just make it through these few years. And then you can figure out what you want to do. And even if you don't want to practice medicine at the end of that time, having that degree will enable you to do all sorts of things in your life. And it actually turned out she was right. But 
that's the kind of advice that it's hard. It's the same kind of advice that my parents were giving me, but I didn't really want to hear it from them mm -hmm. at that point. So it is exactly what I needed. And I'm very grateful for the time that she spent with me. Did that relationship continue on like after medical school? Uh, a little bit. Like I've, I've, I've visited her a couple of times since then and she's retired now. Mm -hmm. And we, I sometimes will send her an email. It's been a while. I probably oh. should do another one, but, <laughs> but yeah, so we stay in touch. I mean, we live in different cities and so forth, but it, it, it's it's cool. So at one point, I had this half baked idea that instead of becoming a doctor, I would I would do a history degree instead and get like a <laughs> PhD in history, become a professor of medical history. Right, and she told me, she's like, you can try to apply to get a PhD in history. They probably won't accept you either because they've identified you as a medicine or a science person. So you're kind of stuck. You gotta just finish what you're already doing. <laughs> so it was it was she was pretty good at laying it out like telling me the truth one year i can't remember what i think this was at some point during carms like i called her one day because something happened and i and i was stressing out about school and she actually told me to like, calm down and take a valium and mm. that <laughs> that's not usually <laughs> advice that you get from like yeah. your your mentor but mm -hmm. that but that is what i needed at that time I think it's it's really important to find someone who keeps it real with you. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like there was pressure for that mentor, like mentee relationship? Was there like unspoken boundaries? Not so much with her because at that point I, was, I wasn't that happy in medical school. And so she gave me like a safe place to discuss what I felt. It, these weren't things that I was telling the rest of my peers generally that, you know, I'm not happy, I, you know, I, I'm thinking of quitting. Like these weren't things I could really tell other people that easily. So in that sense, I didn't really feel like there were any restrictions in what I could tell her. I, I, knew, I knew she was on my side. Mm. As I've gotten older and now I have some students of my own, I, I think that's what I try to have. Like, you know, I'm there if, if people want to have a real conversation about stuff. Right. What do you think are some important things that you, or lessons that you try to distill down to the people who come to you for advice? Well, the main thing is just to be genuine about it. It's kind of funny that I have students at all, given the way that things were before for me. Probably I would have thought I would be the last person that would should be mentoring medical students. <laughs> like, the, like, I don't know how many medical students want to hear from the disgruntled guy who used to be sleeping in the back of the classroom. But it's worked out okay. I think it's given me a different perspective on what students go through. Mm -hmm. So sometimes even when the students who are struggling come through and they're not sure what they need to do or they're kind of, they're stressing out about stuff, I've been there. So I can kind of see that. Whereas I think some students, if you were always at the top of the class, then you won't relate to that person at the mm -hmm. bottom so much. So it's, and the other thing is there's no, there's no formula because every student's different. So I wouldn't say that... You know, there's any simple thing that we distill for each individual one. It's just having a different relationship with each of these people. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I will point out is that mentorship doesn't end just because you, you know, you move up. When I started working, I, I ended up having another mentor. He was actually the older doctor that worked, that worked in the clinic that we work in now. He was just the guy that I could sort of see that, I think I alluded to him in one of the previous episodes. Like he was the guy that I asked for advice about what happened when I made a mistake in the office. And he just had a very calm demeanor, wise. His patients respected him. He didn't stress about only the little things in life. 
And that really helped me because I kind of could see, okay, well, this is what a family doctor should do. This is how, how a family doctor should treat his patients. Mm-hmm. This is, mm-hmm. you know, and that helped me a lot at that point in my career. So I don't, I don't think you ever stop learning. And you, there's always going to be people that you can learn from. And as you get older, those people might be your age or they might be younger than you, but you can still learn from them. You have to just keep your mind open to that. Yeah. And then on the flip side, are there takeaways that you get when you mentor medical students? It, it almost sounds like there's only a unidirectional transfer information sometimes, right? Mentor, information, mentee. Mentee becomes a little <laughs> bit wiser, you know, tries to level up a bit, like tries to become <laughs> right. more sage-like because of the great mentor, right? Right. So does Master Yoda learn anything from Luke after all those years together? Yeah, exactly. So the mentee is always just learning, right? What does the mentor get out of the role? And like, what, what have you learned as a mentor? Hmm, that's a good question. I think it isn't anything specific. It's more just learning from all these individual people that you meet over time. Every student and every person that you meet brings something different to the table. And especially if you end up having a genuine relationship with that person, you will learn something from them. Mm-hmm. It isn't anything that you can, I think, apply to all students because they're all different. And it, it also helps. They just keep you honest when it comes to the work because <laughs> most of the med students know more book knowledge than I do at this point. <laughs> <laughs> One story that I think is worth telling is about what happens when we don't really connect with the person. Right. I think that's an interesting experience. Because when I went to medical school, I didn't, I didn't really go in there looking for a mentor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just trying to survive, <laughs> and it didn't seem that important to me. I thought most of the, like I, I was in a really like anti-establishment phase of my life, so I thought that most of these, most of the doctors, screw the rules, right? The, the most of the doctors that I don't pay my taxes <laughs> go away. <laughs> most of the doctors in the medical school were, you know, they were just mm-hmm. what, what do you call it? They were just. They're by the book. They're by the book. They're, they're very the rogue. one who wrote the book. Yeah, they're the they're the ones who are following all of life's rules. Mm-hmm. You know, make money. You know, drive Live a nice happy. car. You know, like nothing exciting intellectually going on with any of these people. Mm-hmm. And so, I didn't really think that I was going to find a mentor in that group. And I didn't really go around looking for a mentor for, for the first few years. And even Doctor Duffin, the reason I she became my mentor, and we fit well this she was pretty anti-establishment too she was basically a hippie but by the time i met her in 1990 something you know well i guess it would have been 2000 early 2000s mm-hmm. she would have been 30 years past her hippie phase but she was still <laughs> the same person right so she was an anti-establishment <laughs> person but i got to third year of medical school and so one of my first real interactions like a prolonged interaction with a doctor was on a family medicine rotation i did mm-hmm as an elective student and hadn't really, this was one of my very first core rotations. I hadn't really spent time in a clinic with anyone up to that point. And mostly just what I knew about medicine was what we'd learn in lectures. And I just didn't connect with the person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she worked very hard and I followed her around. I saw patients with her. She was a pretty good teacher. She taught me, you know, technical things that I could do, like how to hold the otoscope better, how to, hear the blood pressure sounds more clearly, how to make the right diagnosis. But we just didn't connect as people beyond that surface level. Mm-hmm. And part of it probably was because I was, I didn't really know how to connect with people. Like I, I, I was, I don't know, 20, 
five-year-old Chinese kid, and she's like middle-aged Canadian white. Like we had very little in common,、mm. and so it couldn't really bridge that gap. And I worked with her for like a month, and it was hard. At the end, I, I remember thinking to myself that my take-home message of it was: there are just people who are good. They're good at their job. They're probably good mentors, but you just don't connect with them,、mm. right? And That was the take-home message I got from, and I've tried in since then to try to figure out a way to, if I meet people, try to figure out a way to not let that happen. You know, most people, there's some way that you can connect with them if you try hard enough to find it,、mm-hmm. right? And that's worked for the most part. I can't say it's worked for every student, but even some of the quieter ones, you can find some way to, you know, open up that conversation and know a little bit more about their life beyond. Just the surface. I think that's like kind of the key. At least when I'm in the hospital, sometimes maybe just the sheer load of students that come through. I think when a preceptor like asks, like, "Oh, what are you interested in?" or "What did you do on the weekend?" Not just like as a formality, like, "Hey, how's it going?" or something like that.、Mm-hmm. With like,、uh, you just expect good and go on your merry way. But like, they're genuinely like curious about some part of your life,、mm-hmm. and you're like, "Yeah, like I do this or I do that," and then. I think that like opens up a world of new conversation, right? Because it's differentiating yourself from just the regular small talk. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like instead of like, yeah, this is you know X student number fifty here for this week of this, right? It makes right. like it puts a person, a human figure on there, and I think that's what、right. kind of not just for mentorship relationships, right? That's for all relationships, right? To get to know the person, right? And the other thing to remember is, generally, the student is in the more they're in the more intimidated position,、mm-hmm. so it's harder for them to open up. So it really behooves the doctor or the mentor person to open up a little bit first, and that makes it safe to have conversations about things other than just the technical stuff. That do you think for students who have people they they want to approach for mentorship, like should they be asking the mentors like certain questions? To try to like start that conversations of the mentor is they shouldn't not really... be they shouldn't really be saying like can you be my mentor <laughs> like th- or with the email like that's、mm-hmm. kind of silly but I think it's just have a conversation like ask can I come to the clinic hang out and see some patients and、right. things just you just organically end up talking about stuff and I and I picked up you talked about the whole background part right and I think that's something that I've kind of noticed too yes like we kind of get each other because of this whole medicine identity. But beyond that, in terms of like cultural background, in terms of like socioeconomic status, in terms of hobbies and and what we like enjoy, it's so different. Like to connect on that level.、Mm-hmm. So you think that's the challenge? Yeah, maybe 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 mentorship too, right? Like if you think it could be professional mentorship or it could be personal mentorship, right? In terms of like life and things like that, and maybe sometimes. Getting a bad mentor or having a bad mentorship experience is like that person was only good for professional mentorship, and you try、mm-hmm. to ask them about some life advice that they were felt awkward talking to you about, or some person who just wanted to talk to you about life. You're asking them all this career stuff that they don't really know how to answer, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, a mismatch of expectations and what they can provide, and some people are both. And when you can find the both, I think you're just very lucky. Well, I think everyone has a different set of skills. Mm-hmm. Right, so some people may be really good at mentoring you about, you know, like you said, like about the the medical side, you know, the clinical side of the, how to become a good clinician. Some people might be very open to talking to you about family life. Right, the this is just part of having a relationship with someone. You'll figure out, you know, what they're good at.、Mm-hmm. Right, 
it's even when you, even with your friends, like you don't go to all your friends for the same problems. Like you probably in your mind think, okay, this buddy of mine is good when I'm going to talk about relationship stuff, but I'm not going to ask him about work, right? Or this person's good to talk about school and medicine, but I'm never going to talk to him about girls. So it's kind of the same thing. So I definitely, I don't think people should have one mentor. They need to have many, mm -hmm. right? They need to have, and then they learn different things from all these people. And that's what forms your experience is adding these, the sum of these experiences up. Mm -hmm. It's dangerous to have too much faith in any one person. Well said. You know, sometimes um, your mentor from Queens, in the end, like you call her a friend. Mm -hmm. And then how do you maintain some of those boundaries between like someone who's in a more senior position um, that you can joke around with, right? But you also have to maintain a professional kind of relationship. And, and what's the difference between that? I think if you get to a point where you can call someone a friend, mm -hmm. you don't need to worry too much about it. Like it, it, it really just means that you could feel free to share details about your life with them so then so then how do you how do you confirm that someone's your friend like do i send you a friend <laughs> request and you with like the day you accept like we're friends is that is that how it goes because you're kind of like going along life and you know you guys are having a great time and you're like oh i thought you're my friend and then he never calls you back and <laughs> that, never answers your email that sounds that sounds more like a dating question like you know like are we dating now like yeah is but but isn't friends like the same because if you guys start no, off as like is, mentors friends, friends is not the same if, at, at what point would you say like okay this person okay from stranger to acquaintance <laughs> acquaintance to friend you know over the years right like i don't know sometimes with mentors it's like after a while people, people are like you know instead of calling me dr x Call me like by my first I'm, name. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that having a relationship between your mentor and a mentee is different than a dating relationship because yeah. you don't have to do DTR. There's no defining the relationship talk. Okay. okay. Right? That's, that's the difference. <laughs> Actually, career advice, right? Like we're supposed to specifically mention the word mentor in our email. It's like... Yeah. You have to like sneak it I, in. Actually, actually, like mentorship. Since, we're on, since we're on this subject, I've been waiting for my email from you and it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. <laughs> well, we're on, we're on this topic, aren't we? <laughs> well, the, the funny thing about this is, so I did a course at U of T, uh, the, the course you took, the Family Medicine Longitudinal Elective last oh, yeah, year. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like in the April of that year, the faculty sends me a letter saying mentorship. Like you've been identified as someone I did I did check the box. <laughs> I I 100% checked the okay, box. Okay, so I got the email and I and then you end up with this like really formal letter from the department saying you've been identified and this student wants you to be the mentor and you can choose to accept or not accept right. blah, blah, blah. and I was like this is really funny. It's all really forced. It's like it's like there's like a mentorship protocol that mm -hmm. we have to follow. And yeah. it said don't worry, your student may never get in touch with you. He's very busy and he blah blah blah. Like they had this whole spiel and I was like of course I'm going to mentor the guy if he wants. Right. And but then he didn't he didn't email me for a while and I was like, "Oh, I'll just send him an email." So I I, I typed him an email and I, and I put this as a heading as mentor like, "Yo, I thought I was supposed to be your mentor, but I haven't heard from you yet and it's cool like you just email back and forth once in a while right wait so you haven't got my email yet i don't think i got one from from the department for you no <laughs> so what's going on <laughs> i definitely checked it off <laughs> but so uh, what was the original question now i can't even remember like like whether you would learn something for the mentee or not definitely we would learn i i just feel like this whole process of of mentoring somebody it helps the it helps the mentor too because that's how you really solidify that you know something is to be able to teach it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, it's great. And it's great to be able to share whatever, whatever little bit that I gained out of my experience in medical training. If it helps someone, then mm. that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Although I'm still waiting for my email. <laughs> <laughs>